Bom dia. Oh, some of you remembered. Some of you remembered. So, for those of uh, for those of you who were not here last year, say bom dia. Bom dia. Bom dia. Como vai? Tudo bem? Ótimo. That's it. Okay. That's my. That's not my complete Portuguese repertoire, but I'm learning about how to do it. I am so grateful to be here. I'd like to introduce to you some people that are with me. The, uh, if Larry, this is Larry Miller, if you'd raise your hand, Larry, uh, and Jan Strickler. And some of you noticed on Thursday night, Pastor Leroy Hawkins uh, was here. We're all in our little yellow bird shirts is what Pastor always says, but uh, they are, they serve with me on the board. Uh, of America's Redemption System. That's what ARS stands for. Oh, there it is right there. And uh, what ARS is, like I said, it's America's Redemption System. It's a ministry that ministers specifically to families in need. Now, compared to these ministries that have already shared, we're barely out of our diapers. Okay? But that's okay. Amen? At least we're in the work. Is that right? So it doesn't matter. He doesn't matter if he, God doesn't care if we're infants, but we're all in the kingdom's work. Amen. Come on now. Get vocal with me. Amen. Okay. We got to get ourselves going here in a bit, but our scope. Woo. I like that brother. But anyway, you'll see the scope there is North America, South America and Central America. Now we've had some opportunities to minister here in Stillwater. And in the Payne County area, but our work has primarily been in the country of Brazil. And yes, the country is still in mourning after our World Cup debacle. But anyway, we're praying that today redemption will happen. And, uh, <laughs> otherwise you need to pray for our brothers and sisters in Brazil because they take their soccer very seriously. And so, uh, but anyway, that I digress. But anyway, our founders of the ministry, is Pastor Jose and Leonie Almada Giobrio. Aren't you impressed? I can say all that together. But anyway, Pastor Jose and Leonie have worked all over Brazil. They've worked in World Vision. They've worked in teaching in seminaries. They've worked in education. And they've pastored churches in Belo Horizonte as well as Rio de Janeiro. And while they were working, especially in the pastorate, they got to work in the favelas. They got to work with the very desperately poor families and so there was a there was a place in their heart uh, for these folks then in around 2003 or so they moved up here to the states to be near their kids isn't that what parents do they just go where their kids go well all three of their girls ended up in the united states and so they came now we've heard already that ministers never retire but they tried And they ended up in Jackson, Tennessee, and God got them. And there began to be a a birthing process in their spirit that they knew they had a work to do, that God was not finished with them. And so ARS was born in 2006. See, I wasn't kidding about being an infant. But anyway, it was all through their experience that God gave them a vision and a heart, and I'm going to see if I can get this doohickey to work, uh, to have... ARS. ARS stands, uh, or not stands, but our vision is redeeming families through biblical values. Through biblical values. Not the world's values. 
but biblical values. And we do that by ministering to spiritual needs, physical needs, and emotional needs. Now, let me interject a scripture here. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, there's a very familiar passage. And it says this, There is a time for everything and a season for everything under the heavens. And this scripture describes what's happened with ARS in the last year, in the last year and a half. You see, we have experienced a season of change. Now, some of you may not know this, but the political climate in Brazil is changing. Some for the good and some for the not so good. And there's an election year this year that's very, very important. And one of the things that's happened over the last year is that legislation has passed and laws have been enacted that makes it very difficult for independent, nonprofit organizations to work. Even to the point of our ministry partner that we've had since 2006 in Belo Horizonte, it's called Sadaf. I mentioned it to you last year. Well, Sadaf has had to close its doors because of these laws. They've just made them to where it's not possible. And so one of the things that we're facing is that our vision is the same, redeeming families through biblical values. But the vehicle by which we fulfill that vision has had to change. Now, haven't we all experienced that? We've had to make some changes and modifications as we go through our ministry. And that's what's happened. So instead of what we've done since 2006, where we've adopted individual families, put them through a two-year program, helped them physically, helped them emotionally, helped them spiritually, got them into a church. Instead of doing that, now we are having to move towards doing projects that will impact families. And so we're in a little bit of a, a flux of what we've done. The scene went off. Okay, let's try this again. Okay, now last year I shared with you that we had the adventure of going down the Amazon in a medical mission boat. We partnered together with the Presbyterian Church of Manaus, and it was tremendous. And I will say this again. If you want to go on one of these things, give me a call. It is wonderful, and the people are just outstanding. But this year, Pastor Jose and Leonie and I were the only ones that went. And one thing that we did is we had a little bit different purpose in going. Our purpose this year was to investigate new partnerships and new ministry opportunities that we would have for ARS. And we spent time talking with Pastor Joan, who is the senior pastor of the Presbyterian Church of Manaus. And now don't get all hung up about Presbyterian, okay? Because let me tell you, the Presbyterians in Brazil, a little bit different than some of our little recollection of the Presbyterian. I mean, these people are radical. They get after it. If you're lost, they're going to find you. If you're sick, they're going to pray for you. I mean, they, glory, brother, I like you. I remember you from last year. You remind me of a pastor that was on the medical boat, and every morning I'd say, good morning, Pastor Joao. He goes, glory! I'm telling you what, brother, if you weren't awake when you met him, you are afterwards. But anyway, I digress again. This is why I have this, because I can digress. But anyway, we spent time with Pastor Joao. And he happens to be a longtime friend of Pastor Jose. And he spent over two hours one morning 
And we just poured out our heart to him. Actually, I didn't pour out my heart because I would just say, Bom dia. Obrigada. But Pastor Jose and Leone spoke on my behalf as well. And we shared our heart about what God wanted us to do. You see, Pastor Joao, over for over 25, 30 years, has had a tremendous impact in the Amazon area, up and down the river, as well as within uh, the inland part. And so one of the things that he did, he said, now, you all can go on a medical mission boat again, if you want. Or, and he's a very gentle soul. He says, or, you might want to consider to stay in a week in a town called Manakapuru. And I'm going, Mana what? Mana who? Mana what? Manakapuru. See, I've done it now to where I can say it. And so where Manakapuru is, I'll tell you. All right. The center thing is the gizmo. There it is. Right here is Manaus. Population, two million people. Stuck in a rainforest, okay? Down to the southwest, this is Manakapuru. Now this is the Amazon River. Okay, here's a lesson. The Amazon River is made up of two rivers, the Negro and the Salamoins. Manakapuru is on the Salamoins side of it. Okay, y'all are going to come out of here educated, I'm telling you. All right. Well, anyway, he suggested that we go and he shared with us a very interesting thing. And that is this. Many people are moving off the river and into cities because the the flooding is becoming more regular and more severe. And when it floods, even if you have a house on stilts, it gets wiped out. Your crops get wiped out. Your cattle get wiped out. And so you have to start over almost every year. And so one of the things that he suggested was that we go to this town of Manakapuru and share, and not not share, listen. And he began to tell us about how when these families come into the city, that sometimes their eyes are kind of wide open to some needs. But one of the things that they they have to face is that when they're along the river, And they have their house on stilts. If they get hungry, they go fishing. Or they go hunting in the forest. They have fruit of all kinds. If you're a fruit lover, lover, you need to go to Brazil. Because they have got tons. Is that right, Jan? Oh, my gosh. This would make this fruit non-lover into a fruit lover. Okay, it's gorgeous. I mean, it's just yummy. Okay, I won't get you hungry. But anyway, one of the things that they have to deal with was when they move into the city... Now they have to wake up every morning wondering how they're going to make money. How are they going to pay for food? How are they going to pay for even water? And so many of them come to a place when when you leave a house on the river, it becomes occupied by another family. So many families who have now come to Manakapuru, they want to go back, but they can't. And they don't know how to go forward So they find themselves in a very desperate and very depressed place. And so after not much prayer because of Pastor Joan's uh, encouragement, we went and we spent a week in Manakapuru. 
There in this picture that you see, a young man in the yellow. They love yellow down there. Okay, yellow. His name is Pastor Rogerio. And Pastor Joan asked Pastor Rogerio to be our host for the week. Now, he's a young man. He's 24 years old. This is the church that's a church plant that's actually underneath the covering of the Presbyterian Church of Manaus. And so it's a new church. It's a new work. The two ladies that are standing with Pastor Rogerio, those are missionaries. They believe God has called them to come and to minister in and through that church, not only to the children and the youth of the church, but also of the neighborhood and the neighbor and the city along with it. Now, you've got to understand that one of the things that happens when there's a city, it's all divided up into neighborhoods. Okay, kind of like our suburbs, they have neighborhoods and it has a whole leadership structure that they have. And these young ladies believe before God that they are called as missionaries to work with the youth and the children. Now, one of the things that we did during our time there is that Pastor Rogerio ministered, or not, he didn't minister, he introduced us to many of the leadership all over the city. And so we spent a lot of time just listening to the hearts of these leaders. Because our desire is to join them in ministering to families within their community. But one critical need that we had was that when we were in Belo Horizonte, we had a woman named Vera. She was the woman with the feet on the ground. She knew everybody in City Hall. She knew all the legal issues. She knew the families very intimately. And so when we're considering, Lord, do you want us in Monica, Peru? We had to have a Vera. And we didn't know of anyone. But Pastor Joao did. And he suggested that we get a hold of a woman named Nechi. And so that's what we did. We found Nechi. Nechi happens to be the parent, one of the parents of Pastor Rogerio. And so you see here a picture of Nechi, her husband, Hai. And then there's Pastor Jose and Leonie. And one of the things about Nechi is she's been working with World Vision, which I don't know if you know this or not, but World Vision is moving out of Brazil. They're closing its doors. Now, I don't know if it's a direct result of the legislation that was passed or what, but one of the things that it impacts is it certainly does impact Nechi. But we found out that she has a heart bigger than Dallas. Don't you like those phrasal verbs, bigger than Dallas? And they, um, uh, she has a tremendous heart for families. And so we instantly bonded with Nechi. And one of the things that we did with Nechi is that she took us down the river. And these are communities that are actually within the, the, the sphere of Manakapuru. And you can see there some of the extent of the flooding that's happened. You see the picture in the middle. That's the school now because the school is flooded. And again, we just can't, I cannot explain to you the, the volume of water except this. From where these pictures are taken in this community in the top right, when the river is not flooded, it takes an hour and a half to get to the banks of the Amazon. But you can see the extent of the flooding there. Now, one of the things that you'll notice is that the only way to get around is on a boat. Now, we were on a medium-sized boat, and then you had another size boat. Then you had the teeny, weeny, tiny, whiny canoes, okay? 
Now, yes, I did get in one of those canoes. And praise God, I did not fall in the Amazon. Now, see, I don't mind water. I just don't like those creepy things that are underneath the water. And if you've watched uh, River Monsters this year, <clears throat> let's just say I did not watch that before I went. And it's a good thing, my friends, because there's lots of critters in the Amazon. But one of the things that we did is that when we asked Pastor Ogerio as well as Nechi to take us to all these places, we wanted to talk with people. We wanted to hear them. We wanted to see the places because we needed to pray and say, God, what are you saying for us to do? And so one thing that we noticed, and this is Pastor Rogerio's church, is that when all the time that we were with him all that week, never once did he mention one need that his own church had. Now, there's one thing that I do. Yes, I am North American. I can't help it. I is one. I'm from Stillwater, America. Okay? Amen. Glory to God. Everybody say amen. Okay, go pokes. Go pokes. But anyway, one of the things that I do, there's two things that I look for when I travel abroad. Bottled water. And can anyone guess what the second thing is? Bañeros. Yes, those are my friend. And so one of the things that I noticed right off when we got there on Sunday was that they had bottled water in those big jugs. But I knew there was no restroom. So at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, anytime I knew we were going to the church, I ceased all liquid activity. Because the place where this church is, you don't have a quick trip on the corner. Okay, it's in a it's in a neighborhood and it's really a rather poor neighborhood. And so one of the things that we dealt with is that on Thursday night before the Saturday that we left, we had a service there at the church. And when we came home, Pastor Jose and Leone and I talked about the fact that the church did not have water, nor did the neighborhood that it was located in. No running water whatsoever. And so we began to ask ourselves, what if? Don't you like that? If you really want to get dangerous, ask yourself the question, what if? And so I asked, what if? What if we came underneath the covering of the Presbyterian Church of Manaus and we helped with some projects that would not only help the church family, but would also impact the neighborhood? And so we prayed, and we began to sense God putting together a plan. And so we talked to Pastor Joan, we talked to Pastor Rogerio, and he talked with the coordinating pastor. And let me just say, that got really excited about what we were proposing. And so we are proposing, we are going into partnership with the Presbyterian Church of Manaus, and this is what the Lord gave us. The very first project that we're going to do is drill a well, a water well, on the church property that's not only going to service the church, but it'll service the neighborhood by putting faucets through the wall so that anybody, anytime, can come get as much water as they want. 
Instead of going blocks and blocks and blocks and blocks and carrying these five to ten gallon jugs of water up to their homes, they can just go to the church. Isn't that rather symbolic about going to the living water? Amen. Woo-hoo. That makes me have as Pastor Zerwan would say. That excites me. Because through physical water, we can share with them about the living water. Doesn't that? Man, that'll preach. But I won't, Pastor Dale. I promise. I will not preach. I just got to figure out where I am in my notes. Oh, water well. That's right. And so what we're going to do is we're going to, right there where Leone is, is a proposed area where we're putting it. That is the kind of the corner where we're looking at putting the faucets. And so this project's going to cost us in... U.S. currency, $4,000 to drill a well. And our goal is to have it no later than December of this year so they can get started. The second project, we've got three of them, you know, kind of like Trinity, you know, Lord gave us three. Okay, that was a joke, guys. But anyway, number two, number two, the second project is we're going to be making some bathroom facilities. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. And this will be located on the back side of the church where you see the church in the top left-hand corner. It'll be on the back side. And that's where you see the skinny little picture is. You can't really see it that well. We've not got a quote. We've not received a quote for, for this project yet because we're doing number one before we do number two, before we do number three, because it all is basis on number one. But I want you to hear my heart. I am so excited. Can you tell I'm pumped? I'm excited. Oh, yeah. You know, if I'm really excited, I'd be saying, glory, all the time, but I'm not. But I'm so excited about the possibilities that this could open up simply by having running water and bathrooms. Possibilities like this. About having classes to help with vocational training of adults. Being able to have an English class. Pastor Ogerio's wife have been, has been on a waiting list for two and a half years to be in an English class. What would happen if we had an English class? Come on! What about having some after-school programs that have music, art, and other type of activities to get the children and the youth off the streets, away from the gangs, and away from drugs? Now, granted... This is one little speck of the pie. But the impact is incredible. Because through having water, we're going to be able to develop relationships with an entire neighborhood. And I believe that it could have a tremendous impact. And then thirdly, the third project that we wanted to put is that right there on the right-hand side of the church property... They want to be able to build at least two missionary homes, not only for the girls that are there now, but for future people that come that might teach English for a year or two or whatever. And these apartments will have running water. Now, the thing that I'm so excited about, besides all three of these projects, is the fact that we are moving, that even in a season of change, God has given us specific direction. And we want to be faithful to that. And one of the things that I, I so love about Pastor Joan, Pastor Ogerio, Pastor Jose, is they're all about relationships. Relationships with people so that we can see his redemptive work ripple through that neighborhood.
So that's what ARS is doing. If you would like to know more thing, more anything more about it, I guarantee I'll love to talk to you. Okay? God bless you.